Hey guys, welcome to the Hot Take Riverdale podcast. Today we're talking about season two, episode four, chapter 17, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. It's okay, here, cheers. Cheers. To a great episode. To a great Great episode. episode. We are drinking decantered cheap Pinot Noir from Trader Joe's. Just as Alice has her Chardonnay in the... Was it the morning? It was the morning. I think it was the morning. And, you know, Alice Cooper was typing away, drinking some shards. Watching her husband, like, put the lock on the door. Their doors didn't have locks already? Or he was adding a deadbolt? I think he was adding a, he was adding some extra protection to the Cooper house. All right, uh, let's get into it. I mean, I didn't know, I, I had no clue what the town of Riverdale would think about the Red Circle video. I, what, I thought they were going to like laugh at it and be like, oh, that's cute, Archie. Kind of like when Archie draws his posters. I thought it was like going to have a similar reaction. But instead, people were so pissed and took it seriously. It's a terrible thing what's going on in this town. There's a lot of, there's a lot of hot, t- everyone had their own hot take on the Red Circle. Who do we start with? The first person who has a hot take is the librarian. Jughead's taking out books on serial killers. And she goes, oh, I'm talking about that awful video those boys put out. I agree. We we both agree, right? It was awful. It's a bad video. It's yeah. not a good video. But people aren't pissed because like Archie needs to take a video production class. Like people are upset because they actually think this video is a threat. Although I don't know how you could take it seriously. I think the underlying problem is that everyone is alluding that this video is like the worst video ever made. Mm-hmm. But like we don't get any like no one blatantly comes out and just like, dude. On the red circle. So what did you think? That, that I wouldn't see it? Fred is uh, Fred wants Archie to delete it off the internet. Which off is his like, phone. <laughs> off his phone. Take it down right now while I can see. He hands his phone to Archie. He's like, make this delete. go away. And I love how Archie has the response of, I already did, but people are sharing it. It's like, he's like, how does the internet work? Fred Andrews sure has no idea. <laughs> but he does sit alone in his kitchen, just watching the video in the dark. Oh, also, his phone is not 90 degrees, like how we watch YouTube videos. It's it's yeah, That's uh, a vertical. dad thing. That's a dad thing. But I would say, like, that was probably, like, the 30th time he watched the video, so he should have turned it at that time. Would you expect me not to see it? Maybe when he actually handed Archie his phone, he wanted Archie to show him the proper way to hold his phone to watch a YouTube video. That's what Archie should have said when he came in. He's like, he's like at least he could have turned it. 90 degrees. And I'm not jumping to any conclusions until I hear Archie's side of the story. So Archie is trying to say that it was Hiram's idea because Hiram said to him that you should, you know, uh, fight fire with fire and terror with terror. Uh, but Hiram is also part of the people that are very upset over this video. Yeah, so we, I mean, we heard it was an awful video. Veronica needs to break up with Archie because of this video. Like, this video caused the town. Which, by the way, I'm surprised that parents... To this day, still haven't figured out if you tell your daughter or son not to date that person, it just makes them want to date them more. If Veronica's parents really wanted Veronica to stop seeing Archie, they would be like, we love him. He's great. They would be like, inviting dating- him over for dinner. Let's say my daughter was dating. <laughs> was dating who? Was dating a guy, right? Uh-huh. And he was on the football team, pretty smart, probably uh, good grades, his like, core group of friends. Some terrible things happened to his family. And then he gets the football team together, tells them like, hey, hey take off your shirts, put on these pink masks. Film a video and you upload it to YouTube. Uh, that's a crazy thing to make, right? Uh, but I would more say he's crazy. Not I'm threatened by this guy. Right. Okay. So it's less of like I think he has a well, but Archie and does have a gun. He does. Like I, I don't understand how the cast can like act like like there's no problem with this video. There's no problem with it. It's an actual legit threat. 
It's like I was trying to make a point. I was supposed to scare one person. It's just like no one would have ever been scared There's by that. There's a little like, bit of almost like narcissism on how like the reason why he doesn't have the mask on and how he even makes a point to saying, yeah, I want him to like find me. I want to be the next target so I can like beat him up. It's kind of like, and it's so funny because the next target is actually Betty. Betty's the one who gets the note. Like the, it seems like the Black Hood is over Archie right now. And Archie's like, pay attention to me. Or right, we get back from the title card and then Betty um, gets mail. She gets mail uh, and she gets a envelope that says Betty on it in handwriting. I still don't understand why no one is trying to do handwriting analysis on the killer who is right handwriting these notes to people. That's a hot take. It's a hot take. But anyway, she gets the envelope. There's a letter that says that the killer was inspired to do what he's doing and based on the speech she gave the Jubilee. So we know that the killer was in the audience when she was giving that speech. And then there is a cipher there as well. And he says that only Betty can break the code of the cipher. And Betty decides that she's only going to show people the cipher. She's going to hide the note with the exception of Kevin, who was there when she got the mail. Because if people see the note, they will know that, you know, they might blame her that she's the one who kind of inspired the killer. She doesn't want people knowing that. Yeah, they're calling him a serial killer. Uh, yes, he's attempted murderer, which is, is just equally as bad. They should call him an aspiring serial killer because he's only killed one person, so he's just a killer. Yeah, and what did he get from that? He got he got a video of a bunch of half-naked dudes in pink masks. But he doesn't care about that. He, he wants to get on... He wants Betty's attention. He sends Betty this letter with some Morse code in it that he knows Betty will figure it's out. Morse code. Morse code. What is it? It's a... What do they call it? Encloses a cipher. Like, I never would call Betty Nancy Drew. Do you ever, like, get that vibe with her? Oh, she works at the paper. She has the pigtail thing, which is a big problem the in this ponytail. episode. The ponytail. Well, yeah, we have two uh, two scenes where the ponytail is a big point. The first time we see Betty in this episode, she is talking to her parents, and we start with a close-up of just her ponytail. And then later, Tony is making fun of Betty, saying that maybe her ponytail is too tight, and that's why she can't think. And Kevin comes to her defense immediately, saying how iconic it is. What a like, crazy thing to say. Like Maybe he was like trying to make people feel like bad who didn't put their hair in ponytails for Halloween like like I don't know what he like he's trying to say like it's such an iconic thing like from the comic like yeah <laughs> ponytails and iconic should never be in the same sentence okay a ponytail is like you throw your hair up because it's in the way you know iconic is like a bob or a pixie cut not a ponytail yeah but it's been iconic for the show so far well yes and, and Betty's ponytail is like Veronica's pearls like she is almost always seen wearing it it's very rare that Betty's hair is actually well, down last thing about the video it's like like that's insane that somebody that, like the south side sees the video and they're just like let's go beat this guy up yeah they're not threatened by it they're like no this guy just we have to beat him up Crime Me Riverdale <laughs> podcast called it Gay Isis so to me it reminds me of that movie what was that terrible movie oh Spring Breakers yeah, yeah, yeah. They wore the Spring Breakers mask, 100%. They're terrible movie. That movie was amazing. I love that movie. I actually liked it too, but I knew that people said it was, I thought. I so you're know. trying to appease the people? He says he's doing it for me. But I got, I got a hot take on this. Oh yeah, what is it? My hot take is he's just saying that to fuck with Betty. Just mess her up and, and, and everyone in the game. Just to continue to throw people off. All the stuff I think is going to come back to people. Like when you, when you see the records from the library of, of Jughead checking all these books. On serial killers. On serial killers. While there's a murder going around. Like while there's a murder on the loose. Sorry to interrupt, Dr. Fallon. Sheriff Keller and I need to see Archie Andrews in the hallway. So a little about 
the the locker thing, right? So it's a black hood. He has a black hood in his locker. Yeah. When... And that's what he gets busted for. Yeah, he gets busted because um, after he goes to the south side the night before and starts spray painting. Two circles. Two one circles. Little, one really small one next to a brick building. That no one can see. And then one that's like really well lit on this big white door. <laughs> in front of a convenience in store. In front of a convenience store. And he could see people are in his sight line, but he doesn't care because he's making this statement. And also Veronica, to show her support, has made merch for the Red Hood, which is a shirt that literally looks like a Target. But that logo is different than the logo that Archie is spray painting. I just think design-wise, they should all get on the same page. It just would have been taken so long for him to like fill it all in. Like that just would have been so dumb. But then Veronica's. Why wasn't Veronica's thing just? Yeah, I because mean, if you just see a circle on a shirt, that one's gonna like like uh, an open. Like uh, they're not on the same page. Okay, they obviously aren't. You could say this every week. They're not. They're they're not a good couple. couple. But I think it's really interesting. Like like we were wondering like why would he keep the black hood? And the reason it was in the locker was because he was shooting it at the gun range at the beginning. Right. Like, that blew our minds. Right. But it's kind of crazy that he put the hood above the target, because <laughs> wouldn't the target actually be the hood? Because yes, the hood I thought is that over was the face. I thought that was super weird. But maybe he's just, like, shooting him in the in the stomach. Like, you know, just where... You know what he's probably doing? Trying to shoot him oh, right where... the heart. The, that would be the, the heart. The heart, or yeah. right where Fred got shot. Just, like, a reminder, right? Listen, I'm agreeing with you. I don't know why the hood was above. He should have put the hood on the thing. Or, you know what he really should have done is uh, taken one of his 1,000 flyers of the <laughs> of the black hood, and he and should have been shooting at that. that. And yeah. then he wouldn't have this trail. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't make any draws sense. little red circles. Yeah. Ugh, what an idiot. So dumb. Well, there's a cryptologist over in Centerville. I'll get it over to him. Oh, there's a new town called Steinerville. In, in the meantime... I've already published it, Sheriff. Oh, um, again, uh, Alice Cooper publishing things. <laughs> Alice Cooper really lives life uh, by never asking for permission, asking for forgiveness later, because uh, she's all about publishing things without permission, and then people yelling at her and her being like, I don't care. It's too late. It's already on the presses. The entire town should be trying to crack this code. Don't you think? I wrote Wilbur Wilkins. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Me too. Wilbur Wilkins is, yes, is on the ID. And we Googled that, and Wilbur Wilkins actually came before Archie in the comics and is basically a blonde Archie. And then there was one, which is what you wanted, right? All right, so we're in the locker room, and Dilton Doily. Just waiting for his time to shine. Uh, when everyone turns against Archie, he's like, I'm here, and I also have an apple. Yeah, that guy got way too cool way too fast. Mm -hmm. He fucks. Oh, he fucks so much. Like, like he knows he's on Riverdale, and he's killing it. He has, like, the ego, I think, of, like, the actor who plays Dustin on Stranger Things too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm killing it now. Yeah. Um, all right, then he tells uh, Archie to go to the, the edge of the outside of town at night. Um, and he's going to give him a list. There's a place on the edge of town. They can help. Go after dark. But after that, uh, we cut to Hiram. He's in his office drinking his delicious rum, his <laughs> personal rum from his personal collection. His large glass of rum. When his daughter walks in, he has to pretend he's doing something. So he just kind of starts writing stuff down on a piece of paper. Like and the whole conversation, Veronica's accusing... Yep. She accuses him. She's like, I know Archie is this sweet and genuine and honest person. I believe him. So when he says that you told him to make this video, I believe that. And Hiram, instead of being like, 
perfect defense right there could have been like, no, I told Archie to be a man and not he... make a shitty ass video <laughs> with some dudes with their shirts off. I didn't say that. Instead, Hiram does like the total power move where he's like, I don't recall the conversation. I have to go. I'm working. And then goes back to like writing on his piece of paper and like picking up a phone and being like, hello. I don't understand how doing work means just like kind of scribbling on a notepad. Like he's, he definitely like, there was no direction of his actual like movements, right? They were just like, all right, you're gonna have the scene with, with, with your daughter and you guys going to talk about this and you're wrong. Um, but like, no, I don't trust a guy who, he's not doing work on his laptop. He doesn't have a laptop. He doesn't have a computer. I mean, he like he's just writing. To have a fireplace in his apartment <laughs> always office, on. which is always on, despite the fact that Veronica walks in wearing a skirt and a t-shirt, but the fireplace is rolling and he's in a full suit and not breaking a sweat. And uh, yeah, I mean, and he doesn't have a computer. I guess his budget just went to fire places. Yeah, it, I think just think it's funny he's having this conversation with his daughter, like really scrambling to look like he's doing some kind of work in his office. I don't think he's doing shit in there except drinking his rum. So Betty's jealous because she finds out that her man, Jughead, is cracking the code that was also specifically sent to her before her mom published it in the paper. He's cracking the code with Tony. Is that cheating? Well... I, I think there's a few. There, there's a lot of miscommunication between Jughead and Betty this episode. Um, we got there playing phone tag. Jughead texts her about that. Playing phone tag, which is which is ridiculous, you know. Um, but I think the biggest thing is is like she she kept something from him, saying like not telling him about the letter. Right, and it's like she wants to be on his team to crack this code, but can't be on his team to be like, oh, by the way, here's some. Specific more, more info I have. Um, but also like fucked up on on his part of just like, yo, this is your girl's like, did he know that like that's her cipher? Like, like, like did he know that no. was sent to specifically no, her? No, because oh, it was okay, just okay. published in the paper. So she didn't even that's know. That's why he had it. Okay. And that's why he had it because obviously he's on the AP wire or the Riverdale wire because uh, he runs the red and black. So he sees what's happening with Riverdale's paper. So he probably got that first you know, first look on that code and him and Tony are trying to crack it without Betty. Yeah. And then he, then he sends like the first like text of just like, Ooh, I'm not going to like, yeah, let's just hang out tomorrow while he's trying to solve this, this little cracker. Yeah. With Tony. So, so then, uh, next day, uh, <laughs> she comes, she comes to Jughead's place at seven in the morning. I'm oh, sorry. I have morning breath. You want coffee or something? As you do, as a girlfriend who's concerned where your boyfriend is. Uh, he's there, thank God. And uh, he offers her coffee. She's like, no thanks. But hey, you're, you've been cracking this with Tony? Cool, let's have a code-cracking party. And Kevin's coming too. <laughs> Poor Kevin. Poor also, Kevin. I like how he kind of like accepted Betty's like... He realized Betty was looking out for him last episode. I thought they were not going to be on speaking terms, but they're they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. He was uh, like he he like just brushed off the whole thing about his dad. He was like, uh, that wasn't cool. Tell my dad I cruise, but uh, I joined a new site, Red State Meat. Also, I've re-upped my online membership to RedStateMeat.com, so there will be no cruising for the foreseeable. After Betty cracks the code, and she's the only one who could crack the code according to the killer, um, because she is described as Nancy Drew meets girl with a dragon tattoo and Betty remembers as they're trying to crack the code she's like this looks so familiar it looks so familiar and it looks so familiar because it's in her favorite Nancy Drew book that she checks out of the library all the time so her and Jughead go back to the library where he checked out all of those serial killer books and they find the Nancy Drew book and she cracks the code and finds out that the killer 
is going to be at the town hall meeting that all the parents of Riverdale are at. Well, so, it's like where it all began. And, yes. and, and like a good reference to that is like, that's what the letter said mm-hmm. was like, I was inspired at the town hall. Where did this all begin? Um, so they all think it's at the town hall. Also, there's um, a crazy thunderstorm going on. And there's rain. I wouldn't call it crazy. I would just say it's like flashing lights in like 90% of the scenes until they get on the street and it's just pouring rain, just fucking dudes fighting in the rain. And so Betty and Jughead head to town hall and try to tell everyone that they need to evacuate the building because the killer's in there. No one does No anything. one listens to them at so, all. So Betty just like pulls the fire alarm and people like finally start to move. And Hiram says something interesting to Hermo- Hermione about how she they think Fred Andrews knows too much or something did you notice that yeah like she's like oh, i think fred andrew's becoming a problem and it's like i i don't think so man you just got fucking shot you see him the way back of this town hall like by himself and then like the mayor says they should have a town-wide curfew and alice cooper's like fuck no that shows them that we're scared which is similar to the advice that hiram gave archie you know terror with terror um and so she refuses to have a curfew but then it ties all the way back that riverdale used to be named the town with pep and now they're calling it the town that fears sundown which was the title of the episode and so now it all ties together so the last takes wasn't fan of tony this episode like she had like a little too much like cool talk i think tony and jughead need to have a cupcake eating contest like they had in the comics i think that would really fix things well what's interesting is the dude's name is cupcake yeah that weird right well, isn't that maybe i think that's what the serpents were in the comics is that they were just all people that enjoyed food a lot if you want to fight we'll fight the fight scene was great archie was killing it was archie, killing kill, archie it. killed in the fight poor doily got stabbed with that knife it comes back again in his knee but reggie's there he's ready to save him luckily veronica pretended that she threw archie's gun in the lake but she actually had it which ends up breaking up the fight at the end um, and she, Archie says to Veronica later how thankful he is that she had the gun because... Ronnie, if I'd had it tonight, I don't want to think about it. I honestly, I might have... Season two, three episodes out of four with Archie's shirt off. Yep, not bad. it ends. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I'm sorry, Principal Weatherby, but the t-shirts were my idea, not Archie's. This is not about t-shirts, Miss Lodge. Please sit down. The t-shirts, I love how they're v-neck, which is just so great. Are and they? I, they're, well, it's weird because Veronica's t-shirt is scoop neck but all the other t-shirts that are being handed out are v-neck that would have cost like probably five hundred dollars five hundred like a thousand dollars to get rushed a thousand dollars it wasn't even it was like she talked about it at school with archie at the end of day at school so like around like 2 p.m and then by like 9 a.m the next day the t-shirts were designed and printed and made like i don't think that's possible in less than 12 hours liked how we got to see cheryl's mom at the town hall she got a little facetime oh yeah Yeah. She's looking better? She's looking better. We're seeing more and more of Cheryl's mom face, which I love. I'm so happy for the actress who plays her getting more face time. I felt bad for her covered in bandages at the beginning of the season. Um, And then, yeah, we end the episode where Betty gets a phone call from the killer. I like how he said speaking, too. He was just like, this is a black hood speaking. Instead of like, this is a black hood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is a black hood speaking. (laughs) This is the black hood speaking. Thoughts? It could be a prank? It could be a prank. But then it could be the Black Hood. The Black Hood was definitely targeting Betty this episode, for sure. I would have never uh, answered that phone. If it said unknown, I would have never picked it up. Oh, I always pick up unknown numbers. You never know. Sometimes they're good news. I never pick up unknown. I always. I mean, just leave me a message or text me. Yeah, that's true. You're unknown. Um, I think the killer is Dilton. 
Um, well, I don't because everyone was saying like it's an older white male. Yeah, I'm changing it. Or Dilton's involved. Like Dilton is somehow connected to the Black Hood. A lot of people were. Yeah, yeah I agree. A lot of people were involved. Um, I mean, I think the Black Hood is more than one person. I mean, yeah, I feel like the Black Hood has some kind of operation going. Yeah. I think this was a really bad episode. Yeah, it was. It was one of these episodes. I think this is the worst episode of the season so far um, because it felt very short. I feel like we didn't really learn anything new. Uh, there weren't a lot of like amazing moments. It was all building up to that last town hall scene. Um, well, and the fight scene. And the fight scene. But it was it was just kind of overall a slow episode. Not a lot of great quotes or lines. It was kind of a, a little bit of a sleeper. I don't know if I'd call it sleep. The problem is that there's like a lot of action, a lot of crazy shit in this episode, but it just wasn't that impactful because we weren't getting it from the characters we love. Yeah. Everyone was acting like kind of half-assed. They felt like they, well, the thing was, I still keep on coming back to the fact that Riverdale, which is such like a Halloween-themed show, didn't have like a blowout Halloween episode. In the town of Riverdale, like what time of year is it even? We, we don't know. We don't and know. So maybe we'll get a Halloween episode in late November um, or December, Perfect. right? Like, I don't know. But but at the same time, it's just like, um, I feel like the Halloween episode is like a big thing for sitcoms, but like less for some like intense dramas like this. Allie McBeal. Well, Allie McBeal for- is like a Christmas season. <laughs> They're like season one, Christmas. Love it. 23 episodes, seven are Christmas episodes. And go. I think it was a really bad episode. It was a terrible episode. I mean, Cher, this There's podcast. no I, It's the first time I thought, like, hey, there's no Cheryl. Like, maybe that's the reason why it wasn't that good. Well, Cheryl was the MVP uh, two episodes ago. So I need. I think we more Cheryl, less Alice. Who's MVP this episode? Um, Alice had a lot of FaceTime. A lot of, a lot of Alice shaking shit up. Also Veronica, but Veronica's kind of like, I mean... No, it would be Betty because it was because Betty cracked the code. So wouldn't Betty be the MVP? You know what? No, you know what I thought it was. Uh, it's it's Reggie. Oh yeah. Like Reggie, like stepped up. He like he was like pissed and he kicked the can. Please, bro, sign the letter. No. That, I mean, that is the best. Like that is directing one hundred and one when you want one of your characters to have a really dramatic point. Make them hit something. Yeah, or kick something. Or kick something. If you like what you hear, leave a comment, like us, subscribe to us, and uh, share our episode. Tell your friends. We'll see you next time.